This is the PSA Podcast, where we deep dive into the business of technology and automation. Welcome to the PSA Podcast, where we deep dive into the business of technology and automation. I'm Marty Wolf, your host for the PSA Podcast, and with me is Michael McHale, and he is the CEO of Production Systems Automation. Hey, Michael, welcome back, man. Marty, how you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. You brought two special guests with you today. Who'd you bring? Two special guests for our third podcast. Uh, first guest is Nick Rosati. Nick is the uh, the head of our military program, and Corey Hohal, who is a who is the head of our QAQC for our military work. These must be special dudes if we're bringing here and can bring them on the podcast. They're, they're very special. They are they, special. They, they, play, huh? they play a big role in the organization. And uh, you know, today we want to cover the transition from from engineering school into the real world, and how we're transitioning what would be thought to be non engineering related roles into engineering related roles, and adding additional science to uh, to to make our QAQC and our program better than the rest. All right, well, let's get on to the shop floor, I guess. So we'll start with you, Nick. So what do you do here at PSA Podcast? That was a great opening, but give it to me in plain English. What do you do there? So I'm the defense project leader. Uh, I manage production of the different defense prototype parts that we manufacture uh, and all of the research and development work that we do. So what was your background? To, that sounds like a pretty heavy-duty role to be playing there. So <laughs> dealing with the Department of Defense, right? DOD. Yep. So how did how did you get there? What was your prep? What was your education? Uh, what was your experience? Intern, talk to me about that. I went to Wilkes, um, studied mechanical engineering. While I was there, I was doing work study at Wilkes uh, with Picatinny Arsenal. Mm. doing work with different projectiles and drones and things like that. Um, we had a meeting with what was then Keystone Automation, mm-hmm. um, went over some of the stuff we were working with, and the former owner said they were looking for someone to work during the summer. Mm. So I was like, I could use another job. <laughs> I could use the money and yeah. get some experience, sure. So I started then, and that was seven years ago last month. Wow. Really? Seven years? Yeah. There's a million jokes about working with Mike McHale, but I'm not going to go there here. It's his podcast, so I can't make fun of Mike. It's not very nice. No, it's not very nice. nice You know, not nice at all. We can't do that. Seven years. That's great. So um, I guess it's your turn now, Corey. So uh, how did you get to uh, PSA? Tell me what you do there. Well, uh, I'll start off. Um, I'm the quality manager now um, with a primary focus on uh, DOD work as well. I uh, so I handled like uh, the inspection of different parts that we make on the prototype side. I also do some project management, um, help out Nick wherever uh, when he when he's too busy with stuff. <laughs> a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. Um, I got my start though at Wilkes University. Also, um, two years behind Nick, but I graduated with a mechanical engineering degree um, and started kind of the similar way. Um, I got uh, there was an internship fair. At, at Wilkes, um, hap- and a couple months later, I uh, was starting at, a, once again, it was a Keystone Automation. Um, worked there for about a year and a half as an intern. They hired me on full-time. Um, I worked through different mechanical, mechanical engineering design stuff, eventually mm-hmm. found my way into QC, and now I'm the quality manager. So 
Okay. Been there about five years in total now. So, Mike, um, you mentioned the words machining before we went on. So, again, in plain English, what does machining mean at PSA? Tell me, explain. Really what we do is we take basically a raw piece of a raw piece of stock, whether it's aluminum, steel, or any exotic metals, and then we actually turn those into a part that the DOD might want us to make. So if it's a new projectile or, or any type of parts that they might want for testing or any of the programs that we're involved in. Um, so it's, you know, we, we, we kind of work from the blue collar aspects of machining, machine programming, all right. the way into obviously engineering. And right. you know, here we are adding a lot of advanced engineering into what would have normally been seen as a kind of dirty, dirty blue collar related right. job. And we're adding you know, this, this level of engineering to it. So uh, anybody can jump in. Uh, maybe I'll put you on the spot, Nick. Um, so I- engineering, you're getting something. Are we staying in the Department of Defense work? Yeah, we can stay in the DOD work or even in our, our civilian work. Because okay. you know, part, of, part of what we do, too, is our civilian work. Sure. Or just regular commercial industrial work. And Corey, you know, Corey gets involved in a lot of those pieces and parts if we're doing tooling for a robot cell or any type of advanced machining where we need to hold tolerance toy cory gets involved in okay and cory also runs you know he's in charge of our iso program to make oh, our shop okay. iso iso certified so you're off the hook temporarily nick i'm going back to cory <laughs> since he, he he went on the road with with cory so you're involved now with quality control and quality assurance yes that's correct so in plain english tell me what that means you you make a product and explain that to me well and explain what you do and why is it important okay um, so, uh, yeah, you can make a physical part. Um, it might look right, but dimensions mean everything, on especially how it works together. Dimensions, so, tolerances, all that kind of stuff? Absolutely. And um, we're talking like very microscopic levels almost. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I often deal with in thousandths of an inch. And for a um, point of reference, um, a typical piece of printer paper is four thousandths of an inch thick. Hmm. And we're trying to control dimensions, you know, one thousandth. Wow. One thousandths at a time. So uh, people in the in that field, it's you know no big deal. Like they work with it every day, but to the average person, it blows their mind. Yeah. So blowing my mind. Uh, oh yeah. Well, I've been down to the place. Any any manufacturing environment like this is people don't understand, Mike. Yeah. They, 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 they don't understand. They don't understand how much engineering goes into it. You know, and if, and if we're we take a projectile and we're we're off a couple of thousands, that could change. You know, yeah. Can can change how far that projectile will fly. Or how will it react? So it's very important. So let's, I am going to, now back to you, Nick. Um, the whole engineering part of it. So when do you enter into the picture? You get diagrams, you get plans, you get, when, when would you get into the picture of getting involved with that? It depends on what we're working on. So some of the stuff that comes in, we get a set of drawings that are already all gone through from the government that are ready to go for machining. We just make the parts, cut out the blanks to what it says on the paper and check it and give it to them. Um, there's not a whole lot of engineering in there. Um, when we are in the early prototype stages, there's a lot of engineering. Uh, it's making sure all the parts fit together and work the way that the customer intends it to mm-hmm. is a very difficult problem to solve. Because hmm. you might have someone that wants to hold something, a really tight tolerance, like Corey said, plus or minus one thousandth, when really it can be plus or minus five or ten thousandths. And the more tolerance that you have, the cheaper it is to make. Mm. But we also need to make sure that when you start 
adding more tolerance in one spot to make it fit with every other part, you need more and more and more and more as it stacks up. So that's kind of where we come into play, and we'll take these early prototype drawings and go through, scrub everything, and make sure that we put all the tolerances on there that would need to be on there so we can make it at a reasonable price and have a good product. Make it at a reasonable price and make it an excellent product. Kind of makes sense, doesn't it, Mike? Well, we try to do. That's what you aim for, right? We aim to do that. So when you started, uh, did you both decide engineering degrees when you started at Wilkes? Corey, we'll go to you first. Was this what you had planned to do? Not necessarily a PSA, but an engineer? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, What did you dream of? Did you want to be an engineer at Boeing or something? um, Probably a bad time to be at Boeing, but (laughs) but, but whatever. (laughs) Um, I didn't have like a certain um, company involved, but I knew I wanted to go in engineering. Um, I was always mechanically oriented, so that just kind of fit the bill. Um, as I learned more throughout school, um, kind of had interests in automation, which is what I got yeah. ended up getting into. Sure, um, military stuff's always been cool. I wasn't really think uh, looking at that initially, but once I got into it, I kind of just when you got exposed, it felt to it. right, you know. Yeah, what um, were you thinking right at the beginning? You wanted to be an engineer when you're yeah. you're playing with the blocks or something or yeah pretty much my my dad has a garage so i grew up there always messing with like dirt bikes cars Got all it. that stuff since i was a little kid i went to uh the lackawanna county ctc for drafting and design in high school and just it was something i always wanted to do and with everything being local it was it was great and we get yeah. to play with a bunch of really cool stuff all the time <laughs> get to play with a lot of cool stuff so Corey, uh, education uh, engineering degrees from wilkes um but we're talking about, I guess there's a huge need for machinists. I guess we kind of talked about it at the beginning, Mike, you know, that, uh, you know, a couple of podcasts we've already had, the, the need for machinists, I guess, is huge. And what's the, why do we need, why aren't people doing this, Corey? So, yeah, um, machine, machinists, peop, uh, the guys who actually make the, the parts, program the machines, everything, um, it's kind of a dying trade. And it's a shame because there's a huge demand for it. Um, everyone thinks nowadays, oh, I got to go to college. That's the only way to go. But, you know, a lot of these trade schools, especially dealing with um, machining and anything sure. like that, it's a great opportunity. Um, we, we honestly, we struggle to find um, qualified people to do that. And it's because there's not a lot of people out there. Most of them are older. So, well, are we, are the educational institutions helping you, Mike? Or what's, what's mean, the status of that? We're kind of struggling because, you know, high schools. High schools and parents aren't pushing their their kids into you know into the trades as much as they should be. So we're seeing a, you know coming out of Votech, machinists out of Votech. There's you know a handful a year, hmm. and very few of them actually actually come into the marketplace into our business. So we've actually hired a, a Votech grad in the last couple of years, and that was really one of the very few that came out into the trades yeah. and didn't go to a warehouse or a, you know an unskilled job. So, Nick, why is this happening? Why was there, is there um, a view that this is grimy, dirty, goofy stuff? I mean, why? You would think there's good opportunities in, in being a machinist. Uh, why is it? Why are they not interested? I mean, you're both young guys. Um, you're doing, you seem to be having a great time. You've been here seven years. You're, you're doing cool stuff. So why aren't they interested in this? I think it might be people have the idea of the old machine shop, like cranking manual machines and just everything being dirty and greasy, but that's totally different than mm. what it is now. I mean, we just, our, our shop's air-conditioned, everything is nice and clean. Uh, it's a lot of 
on the CNC side, computer programming, going through designing the programs, and like the level of skill these guys have, the machines that we have, right on par with like the engineers in the sh- in the office. Like they're mm-hmm. really skilled people, and it's it's a great trade to get into. This is high tech stuff anymore, right? Well, pr- programming a mill <clears throat> is not all that different than programming a robot or programming a PLC. Yeah. They're the same mm-hmm. language, same skill set, and you, there's no reason that you have to go to college if you don't want to go to college. You can make a great living, um, not have to spend a couple hundred thousand dollars on school, and yet just about make this same type of salaries that an engineer makes. And wow. you didn't have to spend the money. If you do a dollar cost average of the cost of engineering school versus the cost of not going to engineering school, maybe getting your tech degree and showing up at our machine shop over 10 years, 20 years, there's not probably a lot of payback to the engineering degree. Mm. So to be clear, you would love to have people apply for jobs at PSA, would you not? Absolutely. So where's the, what's the website that people should go to? PSASystems.com. Again, it's PSASystems.com. Is there a career button there's tab a, there that they a, can... There is a career tab. Um, they could drop a resume and... You know, or even call the call the uh, shop in Duryea, yeah, and uh, we can get started. Yeah, we're always we're always looking for skilled trade. So you do have a mix of business. You work for DoD. You have civilian business in literally all over the country. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yes. So <clears throat> you kind of you 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 enjoy what you're doing. You're like you're playing around, making cool stuff. What do you really like about what you're doing there at PSA? Meaning. You know, I've been there. It's you're doing high tech stuff. It's exciting. There's in engineering. What's really cool to you? That's their boss. It's the owner of the company. <laughs> the owner of the company is just the coolest thing. That's not Marty Wolf speaking. That is Mike <laughs> McHale speaking. Yes, they love Mike. But Corey, back to you. Why do you love what you do there? What's exciting? Uh, probably the, the coolest thing I like about my job is um, we always do something different. I've never, I've almost never seen the same thing come through the shop. Um, whether it be civilian work or military work in the last four or five years. Um, and on top of that, um, no matter what your individual role is, um, you get, you kind of get to see the the full picture. And oh, that's okay. always interested in me. And seeing the, the big picture helps me do my sp- specific role even better. Hmm. Um, so beyond making cool stuff, tell me more about uh, what you do that, that you really enjoy. Like what is the high tech part of it or is it just a, tell me more. What I really like is being able to see something go from an idea or a drawing to having a physical part that actually does something, what you intended it to do mm. at the end point. Mm. So we're like the drone stuff that we're working on. We're working on things that we thought were never po- not even possible five or six years ago. Right. And now we just tested some things and everything worked perfectly wow. right out of the gate. Yeah, drones, technology, automation, all kind of stuff. Now, you're going to be at the uh, TechBridge Innovation Conference soon. That uh, They may be hearing this after, but uh, I understand you're going to have a robot serving coffee or something yeah, like that. Tell me about that. We're going to have a Yumi serving espresso. Espresso? A, a Yumi collaborative robot, an ABB Yumi collaborative robot serving espresso in the lobby. And, and, so and I God, walk up and, to my robot and I say, give me an espresso? Or yeah, 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 you hit the, hit the button and it'll give button. you an espresso. Wow. Just like going to McDonald's. Just the same way. <laughs> right now, yeah, you got to push the buttons to go to McDonald's anymore. You can't talk to anybody. Just the yeah. same, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, we need to start wrapping up. But, uh, you know, Mike, we've talked about drones, uh, the need for uh, machining, machiners, and that kind of stuff, DOD work. 
Um, give me an example or two of some maybe civilian work that you're doing. Don't tell me companies or anything like that, but kind of talk to me about a couple of products you might be working on. Uh, we're working on a uh, automated system that stacks carb- cardboard corner guards. Believe it or not, uh, w- when you receive a pallet from a big distribution house, they usually have corner guards on them to protect the pallets and the boxes. Uh, we're working on a project that actually stacks those and robot palletizes those. Um, we also are working on a robot that actually inventories um, recycled batteries, um, 5,000 in a catalog, and recycles those batteries and pulls them out on demand. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're currently we, uh, we're doing a big drive system for a, um, a paper company that, that everybody's heard of, and uh, we actually make, make that product mm-hmm. uh, with our drive control system. Okay, so we are wrapping up. Corey, uh, Nick, anything else you want to add that we should have talked about? Lean forward, something else, anything else? No, I think we covered, covered the basics. Do we cover your, your, the day in the life of PSA systems uh, and in terms of Nick and, Nick and Corey? Anything to add, Corey? Yeah, I think that was it. I'll tell you the truth. Uh, this is a good conversation so far. And- <laughs> so far. So let's finish right now. <laughs> no, good conversation. Before, yes, before yes. something goes wrong. Yeah, before yeah, something yeah. goes wrong. So you are listening to the PSA podcast, which stands for Production Systems Automation. Tell me your website again, Mike. Our website is uh, psasystems.com. And Michael McHale is the CEO, and we've had Nick and Corey with us who love working there. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Thank Marty. You. Thank you.